Christina Stevenson, an attorney who has fought to protect workers' rights, is running for Oregon Labor Commissioner. That's the person who directs BOLI, the state's Bureau of Labor and Industries. Oregon's Labor Commissioner is responsible for enforcing wage and hour laws, protecting workers from discrimination on the job and in housing and in public accommodations, and developing a skilled workforce through apprenticeship programs. For all the important work that it does, BOLI, and that's B-O-L-I, is perennially underfunded and understaffed and not really all that well known to most Oregonians. Labor Commissioner is a nonpartisan position. Running against several other candidates, Christina Stevenson received 49% of the vote in the May primary, just short of what she needed to claim an outright victory. This conversation is being recorded on September 27th, 2022. Christina Stevenson, welcome back to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So I, I gave people a little bit of an outline, but can you tell our listeners more about what Boley and the Labor Commissioner's responsibilities are? Yeah, absolutely. So Boley's main responsibilities, I mean, you went over them. Uh, there's really four. So it's protecting the civil rights of Oregonians in the workplace, housing, and public spaces. But just to put a little bit uh, of a finer point on that, we've got a number of anti-discrimination laws that are enforced by bullies. So that is, you know, not discriminating against people based on their race or their sexual orientation, their age, their domestic violence status, making sure that that list is not exhaustive, uh, you know, making sure that people have access to to leave. If you've got 25 or more employees, for example, you're, you've got the Oregon Family Leave Act that applies to you, allowing employees to take leave for their own or or a family member's medical condition. So that that's just a sampling of the laws in, in that category that Boley enforces. And then you also talked about the wage and hour laws. So that's your meal break, your rest time, your overtime, you know, the the rules regulating when an employer needs to get someone their paycheck, prevailing wage laws, those are all enforced through Bully. And Bully has a, a little division that helps to train employers to understand and comply with wage and hour and civil rights laws. And and then the final really big piece is developing the highly skilled competitive workforce in Oregon through the apprenticeship programs. So Bully has uh, a division which works on regulating the apprenticeship programs and now with the Future Ready Oregon package that was passed by the Oregon legislature, Bully also is tasked with uh, handing out a, about a little bit over $18 million for folks to develop pre-apprenticeship programs in construction, in healthcare and manufacturing, and then also to develop apprenticeship programs in healthcare and manufacturing. What's your own experience in these areas? I'm a civil rights and employment attorney, and that is what I've been doing you know, for over a decade. So I work with the Bureau of Labor and Industries in that work. So one of the, you know, my, my day job is representing mostly workers when they're getting a raw deal from employers who are not following the, the rules that are 
enshrined by the Bureau of Labor and Industries, you know, rules like paying workers all their wages, you know, not discriminating, not retaliating against employees, and then raise safety issues. I've also, you know, helped employers comply with those laws, and I'm a business owner myself, uh, so have to have to comply with them as well. So you've helped to draft pro-worker legislation as well, correct? Yeah, you know, something that I have been doing in my free time, (laughs) (laughs) aside from running a business and being a mom to an almost nine-year-old, is helping to draft and pass laws like, you know, the Oregon Workplace Fairness Act. This was a, you know, bipartisan bill aimed at rooting out discrimination and harassment in the workplace, a really, you know, a, a model for other states as well. I've also worked on uh, laws around pregnancy accommodations and workplace safety, uh, helping to pass the paid family medical leave insurance. So really laws that are, you know, kind of game changers. You know, I know for myself just how I, I got involved in this work was my own experience as an employee where, you know, I was... I was really living paycheck to paycheck, and at at that time, I got hit by a car riding my bike to work, and so, you know, I was fortunate to work at a big enough employer that I was entitled to some leave, but it was unpaid leave, and so I really couldn't take a ton of leave for my own, uh, my own injury, and at the same time, I was also you know, a caregiver with my mom of my of my father who was uh, battling cancer at that time. So I was really, you know, guarding my PTO to, to make sure that I would have enough time to be with my dad. And during that time, I, I remember there was, at one point, I had to just take more leave than I had planned because my dad passed away. And I remember coming back from, you know, a few days uh, of leave and being really scared when I was going to look at my paycheck. And because I knew I didn't have, I, I didn't have any hours left. You know, I didn't have any PTO left. And when I looked at my paycheck, it was, it was like a miracle because I had three days on there and it said bereavement. And I looked at that and I said, well, what is, I mean, this is amazing. You know, I'm getting three paid days, but what is this? And so I did a little research and it was something that had been bargained by the union that I was a part of. And so, you know, people got those three days paid. But in the course of that research, I also found that Oregon was considering adding bereavement leave to the Oregon Family Leave Act. And I thought, well, gosh, of course, you know, of course, this is the state that that we want. And so I rallied my grief support group. We showed up in Salem and, you know, we helped get it passed. And I really, I think about how, how proud I am that that is now something that the other people can rely on is just knowing that if the person they're, 
you know, caring for passes away that they don't have to worry about getting fired. You have developed a list of things that you wanted Bowley to do. You you started doing that even before, as I understand that, even before you decided to run for labor commissioner. Um, what's on your to-do list uh, as labor commissioner? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. I'm always trying to uh, improve processes, make things uh, make things better. That's how my mind works. And so I had a running to-do list, which in my travels over this last year in the campaign trail have really, it's, it's expanded, of course, the more people I speak to. And, you know, I think the, there's two kind of organizing principles for what is on this to-do list. You know, one is just the, the big picture. What kind of Oregon do we want? You know, our legislature has passed a, a bunch of laws to, to to make a statement about what kind of Oregon we want. You know, a discrimination-free, harassment-free workplace, safe workplaces, you know, a pathway to the middle class through apprenticeship programs. So we have those guiding points. And then the, the role of bully is to execute on that, you know, to in, enforce the laws of our state so that you know, we, we don't have employers who, you know, make wage theft, for example, their business model. So it's a really an organizing principle around, you know, what we can have, you know, what choices we can make to have Oregon be the best place to live and work in this country. And then the other sort of organizing principle is that I'm a total nerd um, and I have very, very detailed uh, ideas about how to make things easier for folks, you know, whether it's our small businesses or or our employees, and just really digging into the details is how I how I think I'm I'm different because I have spent so much time actually interacting with the agency and have have a perspective of you know both an advocate for workers and a business owner on how to you know, just make it easier. A lot of this gets back to funding and staff. What can you do to get more funding and increase staff at Bowley? Yeah, I was looking at the numbers yesterday, and and it's fair to say that at least since um, Bowley has less people than it had in the 90s, and, of course, Oregon's only gotten bigger. There are more employers, more more laws for people to need to understand. And we only have right now six people in technical assistance, for example, to help people understand the law. And I will say, uh, you know, Bob Bessel put together a, you know, kind of 100-year history of Bowley that I was reading. And it is a perennial issue, really, these, the backlog of, civil rights and wage and hour cases has been an issue. There was a former Commissioner Stevenson that that had the same problem, you know, decades and decades ago. So I think there's a couple of things. I I will say that Commissioner Hoyle was successful in increasing Bully's budget by about 30%. So we're going to have to demonstrate that we put that money to good use. 
before we go back to the legislature and ask for more funding. And I also want to see whether or not we can implement some procedures and, and programs like strategic enforcement in order to do more with less. But just knowing the numbers, knowing that, you know, for those, you know, 2,000 people or so a year that file a bully complaint, you know, we know that the folks that are doing that are among the most marginalized in our community, and we have got to do right by them and give them the investigation that they deserve from a public agency. And so we will be working with the legislature to, you know, point out, you pass these laws, the only way for them to have any effect is for them to be enforced. So this is how we how we demonstrate our values, that we we value our uh, our workplaces being free of discrimination. We value our employees getting paid what they're owed, and we demonstrate that through funding BOLI. So in your campaign, you have support from both businesses and unions. Um, yeah, you know, I'm proud to have a, a ton of support in this race. You know, we have support from the last five labor commissioners, Democrat and Republican. We've got over 100 endorsements from elected leaders and organizations that include unions and businesses. You know, really have support from across the political spectrum. So, and I think that that is a reflection of the fact that, like, moving our economy forward treating workers with dignity, growing a world-class workforce. These are issues that I think we can all agree on, you know, fundamentally. This is a highly, it's a highly partisan time, but this is one place where everybody can all agree that a well-functioning organization or a well-functioning bully is something that we want because our, you know, our good employers, they have to comply with the law, and it's, they don't want to have to compete with somebody who is not complying with the law. So we're all really going in the same direction, which is making sure that if you're willing to work hard, you can earn a raise, whether or not you have a college degree, you have a pathway to the middle class through the apprenticeship programs, and that whatever job you're in, whether it's through the apprenticeship programs or not, whatever job you're in, that it is a job where you are free from discrimination and harassment and, you know, have a, a safe workplace. What sets you apart from your opponent? Experience with this agency is, is really different than, than even, you know, folks that have, have come before me. I mean, at its core, it's, the the job is is pretty technical administering our workplace laws and i know exactly you know i know exactly from my experience as someone who has, has represented employees has advised employers as an employer myself i know exactly where our businesses struggle and exactly what bully can do to help in a in a really nuts and bolts practical way um so I've spent, you know, tens of thousands of hours, the laws that are enforced by this agency, 
you know, it is just a role that I'm uniquely positioned to to serve Oregonians in, and I'm excited to do it, too. Being labor commissioner is a very different job from being a state representative in the legislature or a school board member. It is, because Bully is looking at enforcing existing laws, and I think that folks that are coming from a different perspective might might not realize how to how to actually execute that. And just to give you a sense, it, it is incredibly complicated. The the laws that bully enforces, as has been shown by the the um, Sweet Cakes decision, which has outlived two commissioners now and is slated to likely come back to bully again because it has been just appealed again to the United States Supreme Court and it's likely to come back again. And one of the things that the Court of Appeals of Oregon just told us about how we should think about the law in this area, and this area being public accommodations, they told us that the adjudicator, which is ultimately the labor commissioner, is the final adjudicator. So the adjudicator needs to walk a tightrope in in these cases. And that's why I think it is really vital to have the experience with our anti-discrimination laws in order to walk that tightrope. How can listeners learn more about your campaign? You have a website. I do. It's Christina with a C-H, Stevenson with a P-H dot com. And that will connect you to you know, the the Facebook and how to get involved. We're out canvassing every weekend. We've got phone banks. I always say many hands make slight work. And it's been really fun being able to talk with people throughout the state and get them to actually learn a little bit about bully. And so how do you feel the campaign has been going then? I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Just got to attend a conference on making sure that our apprenticeship programs deliver equity and inclusion for women and people of color. You know, these are the the pieces of the puzzle that really, you know, make me energized to do this work. So I'm I'm thrilled with the support that we've received, uh, you know, throughout the state, across the political spectrum, as we've talked about and just building the partnerships that are going to be necessary for us to, you know, do the work to make Bully, you know, the the agency that it can be. So I always like to ask my guests, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? And generally, is there anything else that you just want to tell our listeners? There are so many things that we could talk about when it comes to Bully. So I think I would leave your listeners with, you know, if they're kind of still not sold as to whether or not bully is really relevant to their life, I, I want them to think about, think back to the wildfires. And the wildfires affected all of us, you know, drastically at very difficult time. And what bully did is very quickly came and issued temporary administrative rules that allowed workers to use protected leave 
when they were on level two or three evacuation. And that is the kind of, you know, responsiveness that I hope this agency continues to have is to, you know, respond to the things like wildfires, to COVID, and really prioritize working people. Christina Stevenson, thank you very much for joining me here on the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.